Welcome to the High Income Business Writing Podcast, helping you propel your writing business to a whole new level. And now, here's your host, Ed Gandia. Hey there, welcome to the High Income Business Writing Podcast. I am your host, Ed Gandia, and this is the podcast for business writers and copywriters who want to earn more and less time doing work they love for better clients. You can find detailed show notes for this episode at b2blauncher.com forward slash episode 141. And those notes include a summary of our discussion, as well as any links to resources mentioned during this show. Given the choice between prospecting for clients or having pre-qualified prospects come to you, I'll take the latter any day. And it's not that I don't enjoy or believe in prospecting. Quite the contrary. Prospecting is still an essential part of marketing your writing business. And if you've been following me for any period of time, you know that I'm a big proponent of steady, consistent, and smart prospecting. But getting pre-qualified prospects to come to you through attraction marketing is much more efficient in the long run. And in many cases, it's even more powerful than most prospecting methods. In this week's episode, you're going to hear from my good friend and colleague, Derek Lewis. And Derek is a very successful book ghostwriter who commands somewhere between $50,000 to $75,000 per book he ghostwrites for his clients. And one of the many things I love about his story is the fact that he relies 100% on attraction marketing. And that's because he has to. As you're going to hear in this interview, for the type of work Derek is doing, outbound prospecting is not really an option. And because of that, he's become a true master of attraction marketing. In this interview, he's going to explain how he does this so well, in how you can start implementing some elements of attraction marketing in your own writing business, regardless of where you are right now in your journey. And by the way, I should mention that Derek and I are starting a small group coaching group in early January for established writers and copywriters. And we're going to spend five weeks going deep into how to land $25,000 or larger book ghostwriting projects even if you've never written a book before. If you'd like to join us, if you want to learn more about this, send me an email at ed at b2blauncher.com. Put the words ghostwriting coaching in the subject line, and I'll get you all the details. Here's my interview with Derek Lewis. Enjoy. Derek, welcome to the show. It's so great to have you back, my friend. Ed, it is always a pleasure and a unique experience when the two of us get together. It is. It could be. It could be dangerous. We could get out of control. <laughs> well, I think we should start at the very beginning for those who are just hearing your voice for the first time. They're not familiar with you, your background, the kind of work you do. Why don't you give us a quick summary of your business, the type of clients you work with, and the type of work you do for them? So, Ed, I am fortunate um, to have the job of, of my dreams. I get paid a lot of money to help other people write their books. I'm a business ghostwriter, 
um, authority architect. I work almost exclusively with business thought leaders who have enough experience and expertise and insights to write a book. Their challenge is that they're not a professional book writer. And so it's my job to get all of their ideas uh, out of their head and onto paper and then organize it all in, in such a way that it's a, a legitimate book. I've had the pleasure of doing that for authors on five different continents now, still waiting for somebody from Africa to uh, to give me a, a shot so I can mark off six. Um, and they have been... And it's 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 a cross section of, of humanity almost. I mean, a, a, a Turkish economist, a French German consultant, um, a military governor, a Texas oil tycoon, tycoon, a, an Olympian, um, people from SAP, from the International Monetary Fund, from GE, Disney, Pixar. I mean, it's it has been it's been a ride. You know, one of the things that I love about your story is somebody listening might be thinking, and I know what I would be thinking. It's like, wow, you know, lucky him. That's pretty amazing. He must uh, have a lot of, always had a lot of contacts, uh, you know, had an illustrious business career. Uh, I don't have that. Tell us how you got started, because I think many people are surprised when they hear uh, about your humble beginnings in, uh, in writing and copywriting. So the the first thing that I tell people um, who say, "Well, how did you how did you get into ghostwriting?" Number one, I did it the dumb way, so don't copy me. I did it dumb. Um, but apparently, stumbling into ghostwriting is just about the only way anybody ever becomes a ghostwriter. I've never met a ghostwriter yet um, who woke up one day and said, "I think I want to go help other people write their books." Usually they're journalists or um, copywriters or they've written a book on, on their own and somebody approaches them and uh, they're they're helping somebody else with a book before they even know the, what he, the, the term ghostwriter. And so it was for me. I had done a lot of work with, um, with a, a family-owned uh, company here in, in Louisiana. A um, friend of mine and I decided to go out and start uh, a small IT services company. And while we were trying to get that company off the ground, I was moonlighting, just doing uh, copywriting and, and marketing um, uh, copy for uh, for area businesses. And then I started uh, looking on, online and found a couple of, of people online who needed some uh, copywriting done. So then... Um, but by the way, just to interrupt you real uh, quick, that, that uh -huh. was the extent of your writing yeah. experience, right? You didn't, you didn't go to journalism no, it's school. it's all self-taught. Okay, yeah. so you were doing this on the side. You thought it'd be cool to, to write some stuff for different businesses as a side gig. Yeah, in fact, so in the whenever I was employed, I was, um, I was like an in-house consultant, so I spearheaded new projects. But it just so happened that they found out that I was a really good writer and, and editor. And so um, I just kind of got saddled with doing all of the copywriting for the company as, as well. Okay. Um, so yeah, not even, I didn't even have somebody to mentor me into the, into the business. It was just, Oh, you know how to put a couple of sentences together. Hey, would you do our website for us? Oh, we've got this brochure coming out. You know what? We, we really need to put this, um, this resource to, together. Okay. Gotcha. Give it to Derek. And, and so you're doing this on the side while you're working for your friend's company. And then like, what happened? How, how did, how did this 
turn into uh, your current situation? I came across uh, somebody online who was uh, who said they needed um, help with writing their their business book. And dumb, naive kid that I was, I said, "Well, you know, writing a book." I said, "That's that's I'm already writing blogs and articles and stuff for other you know business owners, so you know it's just like a longer article, you know, just a blog times you know ten. I can write ten blogs." <laughs> a whole different ball game but i found that out um you know after the fact but uh, so she took a gamble on me um and also i did not charge anything near but um what i severely undervalued myself which is pretty common among um amongst you know solo uh, entrepreneurs especially those starting out um but I found out that I liked long form copy a lot more than I did the short form. I would much rather work on one project for six months than work on you know ten projects, uh, ten shorter projects in that same period of, of time. And so again, dumb naive kid that I was, I said, I'm not taking any more copywriting jobs. I'm only going to be a ghostwriter from now on. So I didn't have any industry contacts. I didn't have really any in-depth ghostwriting uh, experience. I just knew that uh, I was better at ghostwriting than I was at uh, at copywriting. And uh, that's, <laughs> that's all I had. And so, as anybody could probably guess, um, I had to struggle for quite a few years before I found my footing, before I found some great people to, to mentor me, and before I... Um, I started charging what I was was worth instead of uh, you know working for for peanuts, charging for peanuts. And and just so people understand what you mean by that, uh, these days uh, you charge anywhere in the neighborhood between what and what for a full length uh, business book to ghostwrite the book. Depending on the project, you know, between fifty and seventy five these days. Fifty and seventy five thousand dollars. Okay, yeah, that's so some big numbers. Um, and considering that, uh, cause it, this story you just uh, described uh, that first book that you severely undercharged for, what year was that? Just so we have some perspective. Uh, 2009, 2009. So we're not talking about 20 years ago. This is fairly no. recent. Uh, you've been able to go from, uh, right, just stumbling through a couple of these projects severely on the charging to yeah. now working with some of the folks that you just described. Uh, that, that's, that's pretty remarkable. Uh, that's, that's in, in, uh, in, uh, in freelancing years, uh, that's not a long time. <laughs> so, um, all right. Well, th- th- that's good. And th- this makes me a, g- a good segue from my next question, because today we're going to be talking about attraction marketing. And I know you're a huge proponent of attraction marketing and using attraction marketing as a freelance writer, copywriter, ghostwriter, uh, in- instead of doing it, relying too much on outbound prospecting on what I like to call knocking on doors. And I'd like to, and we'll dive deeper into this. We're going to, of course, peel some layers. But why, why are you such a proponent of attraction marketing? What do you feel are the advantages uh, of of that approach to uh, the advantages over prospecting? Mm-hmm. So for me, Ed, it wasn't um, really a conscious decision 
Uh, it was more of, of trial and, and, and error. And for my particular vocation, um, it is, it is it's almost impossible to to find uh, somebody who, who wants to, to write a book and wants to work with a ghostwriter and um, has the, the, the money to do so. Um, and I, I tried, and, and, you know, I've even got like the, the, the avatar. This is what my ideal client looks like. This is their income. This is what they like to watch on, on TV. This is all the stuff that you're supposed to do whenever you're trying to figure out what is my, my target profile of the, of the, the client that I want to, to work with. And Ed, I don't know how many, how much money, and I have no idea how many hours I've poured into prospecting through, uh, you know, buying uh, mailing lists and, and mailing people in, in affluent zip codes who were uh, business owners and, and who had a, a, a household income above this uh, this certain level or, or certain uh, income or business owners who had just made the, the, the news in some way or another, cold emailing, cold calling, um, I mean, just any kind of different prospecting thing that, that I could do to try to go drum up business. I tried um, everything. And had whenever people would you know call me up and, and whenever you know I would land a, a job, land a, a project, um, Number one, the only people who ever called me up, you know, I would ask all of them, hey, how did you find me? Oh, I was searching around uh, online or I saw, you know, you had posted in this um, forum or or um, I had seen, you know, something else, uh, an article that you had written on, online. So here I was spending all of this time and, and money um, and seeing no results. And then on the other hand, I wasn't doing much of anything Um on, on this other end, and here's where all of my clients were coming through. They all came through my website. And so one day I finally said, you know, I have been asking the wrong question. I have been asking, how can I find clients? And I, I don't know how to find clients. Nothing that I've ever done has worked. No ghostwriter that I've ever spoken to knows how to, to find clients. So I said, you know, probably the better question is, how do I help clients find me? And since that time, Ed, I have exclusively focused on attraction marketing. Um, and it has, it's, it's, it's how I get all, all of my leads. I don't go um, cold calling. I don't try to convince people that they need to, to write a book. I know that there are a lot of people out there looking for somebody like me, and it's my job to put as many signs and signals and, and uh, arrows out there uh, so that they eventually come back and, and find and find me. So, yeah, and, and I, I totally get it. I, I think what 
what I'm hearing is that your prospects, that's, it's a classic case of in, your prospects being invisible. So in the corporate market, for instance, or for most of us, uh, we know who our clients are. At least we know who our prospects are. Right? We know that they're marketing directors and you know, medical device companies, for instance, and that's your target market. Or if you go after small business owners um, or, or you know, to training companies, you just know where the, comp- the companies are and you can do the research and find the marketing director's name. Um, but in the case of something like a, a book you know what the demographics are of your typical client, but you don't know, and, and when you take that population, who, who's actually looking to write a book and, and who's also amenable to the idea of hiring a ghostwriter. They truly are the classic invisible prospects, aren't they? Well, because whenever somebody is thinking about writing a book, um, most of the time, they don't go around telling everybody, hey, I'm thinking about writing a, a book. That's something that they, they often keep to themselves. And even whenever I would come across somebody who had the money, who was an ideal client, um, and who was fine with the idea of working with the ghostwriter, uh, the classic line I heard was, you know, I've been thinking about this for a while. I think I'll be ready in maybe two or three years. Well, that's wonderful. I'm glad that you're going to be ready in two or three years, but you know, I need to make my mortgage uh, in the next couple of months. Yeah. So that just that doesn't that doesn't work. Um, they don't they they don't yeah they don't go around advertising the 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 fact. Um, maybe you know they may leave a, a digital breadcrumb that maybe Google could do. What do they call it? Whenever you um, oh the cookies retargeting. Or retargeting through cookies, yeah. Yeah, yeah but it's um, still not um, – they still have to take an action first in order to identify yeah. themselves, right? So that still makes exactly. them invisible prospects. Now, here's the things, right? So if anyone's listening, well, that that's fine, but that's – I'm not a ghostwriter. Uh, uh, I, th- I think what you have to share here is extremely valuable because there's still – a solid case to be made for having some of your marketing be attraction marketing. Because the other yes. thing we haven't talked about in your case, it's an extreme situation. You're not going to be able to do prospecting, period. You know, that's unfortunate, but that's the way it is. There are some benefits to this. Uh, so it's not just all bad news. However, the other uh, aspect of attraction marketing is that it changes the dynamics of the interaction. You know, uh, it, when somebody's pursuing you, when somebody's making the initial inquiry, even before you have a conversation with them, um, that is like 10 times better than you actually knocking on their door, right? You doing the, the pursuing, maybe even 100 times better, right? So can you speak to that? It changes the, the dynamic completely of me coming to you, asking you if you will uh, buy what I'm, I'm saying. It's you coming to me asking if I will explain to you what I do and then me qualifying to see if I'm going to work with you or or not. Yeah. So you mentioned something, uh, because I want to get into some actual examples, uh, but I wanted to set the stage first. Uh, You you mentioned a word a little earlier, which I love, and that's the word breadcrumb. Um, So essentially, if you've created a series of breadcrumb trails to your business that helps the right kind of prospects find you. So tell us what that 
means? What, what, are, what are you talking about when you say breadcrumbs? And then let's get into some examples, some of the categories of breadcrumbs that, that work really well for what you do. So once I started um, asking the, the question, not how do I find clients, but the better question of how do I help clients find me, then it becomes, you know, how do I put out uh, some of these little markers or these little signs to, to get them to, to come home? So I think of, of uh, uh, the, the fairy tale Hansel and, and Gretel, right? Whenever they left home, um, they put out a trail of, of breadcrumbs to help them uh, find their way find their way back. Um, and never mind that the, the crows ate them and that they actually wound up, you know, almost being eaten by the witch. We're going to ignore that that part of the metaphor. It only goes so far, right? <laughs> yeah. So my job is to is to put out these these breadcrumbs all over the place in the real world and in the in the digital world. And the way I define a breadcrumb is it's something that it's it's cheap and easy uh, for me to freely scatter um, all over the place. Now, whenever my ideal client is uh, is out there looking, um, if they're taking the action to, to to actually look for a ghostwriter, one that means that they're they're ready to write a book. Two, they're fine with the idea of of working with uh, with a ghostwriter. Um, and whenever they see one of those breadcrumbs. All they have to do is just find one breadcrumb, and that breadcrumb is going to lead them back to my uh, to my webpage, right? My website, and then my website um, does the job of of attracting those who would be a fit for me, as well as repelling those who um, we wouldn't be a fit for each other. So, so the website basically gets those who would be a good fit to raise their hand and identify themselves. And then those who are not a fit to just bail. Right. So if you're looking, you know, for, um, you know, if you're looking to, to write a, a Western or you have a fiction um, novel in, inside of you or anything along those lines, that, that's, that's not my, that's not my back. I, I work with business thought leaders. So those who aren't business thought leaders, you know, they're not coming out with left field with, hey, I've got a great, you know, weight loss uh, idea. I'd like to write a weight loss book. Um, I'm sure you do, but uh, it's not something I can help you with. And probably not. Um, but uh, you know, I can't rely on just one, um, just one little, one one thing, one method of of getting people to, to find me. So that's why um, it's not like there's the, the secret formula or this magic bullet. Um, it's truly something that you have to scatter all over the place so that uh, the more that you sow these breadcrumbs, the more that you freely that you scatter and the more afar that you scatter these breadcrumbs, the more likely it is that there will be somebody come up cross one of those breadcrumbs and it'll lead them back home gotcha yeah so it this is really um about spreading uh spreading those breadcrumbs far and wide in but still strategically right you know it, it's got to be in the right pools if yes. you will the right tide pools to to make sure you attract the right people so let, let's go through maybe you know four or five or so breadcrumb trails that have been really effective 
for you in particular, and then we can get into you know some of the specifics as to you know why you chose those. So, and this, it's it's not really a, a breadcrumb, but but it is. So I'm I'm going to mention it first because it's it works in tandem with everything else that you do, and that's uh, that's SEO, right? So everything that I put on my website is um, is is put there so that whenever somebody goes to Google or you know even Bing or or um, I don't know uh, Yahoo or some of these other places. Um, and they, they type in, you know, working with a ghostwriter, business book ghostwriter, um, they should they should easily find me. So everything that I, I do, I try to put as much SEO out there so that somebody can easily, you know, type in and, and search and, and, and find me. So the other breadcrumbs that I'm about to talk, um, I'm about to, to, to mention they have an element where I try to make sure that um, I'm able to use an element of that in SEO so that it reinforces the main thing, which is somebody sitting down at the computer, just typing in business book ghostwriter, and bam, Derek Lewis is hopefully one of the, um, for a while I've been one of the first two or, or three um, on the, the Google um, results page. Um, probably the the best breadcrumb uh, trail that I've I've created so far it is is creating my own podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's uh, there's so many benefits. So one is that um, I get to, whenever I create a, a an interview with uh, with somebody else. And most of my most of the the episodes are interviews with with other experts um, in in my field. Um, you've been on there. We talked about your uh, experience uh, writing or co co-authoring the the wealthy freelancer. I've had a literary agent on there. So having these people on there, one um, whenever they share, whenever I post the 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 podcast interview, um, the episode up online, um, they often will share it to their networks, right? So then that's more breadcrumbs that's being spread through each of their networks. Um, I make sure to um, to post uh, links to the podcast and all of my social media. So those are breadcrumbs that are being put out through my LinkedIn and through Facebook and through Twitter. Um, I put up a, a transcript um, online. So that way, um, that's SEO. That's feeding back into this idea of, of this is a legitimate person, a legitimate website that's offering uh, good, valuable advice. That's what Google looks for, right? Legit websites that are doing real information. Um, and then the podcast episode is something that's evergreen. I can continually promote it uh, throughout the, the month or throughout the, the year because the advice that we're talking uh, about in there is, is pretty timeless. So it's not just a, a one and done, right? So, you know, that one 30 or 45 minute episode, um, I get to, to use in all these different places. So that's why you're talking about being strategic. So I get to do one thing and then I'm able to freely and easily scatter all of these other breadcrumbs and all of these other other places, right? Yeah, they all work together. Yeah. 
Um, oh, and then um, something else that we've been doing is uh, taking the episode and also putting it on YouTube and putting the transcript on YouTube and putting all the tags on YouTube. So YouTube, you know, Google is the number one search engine in the world. YouTube is actually the second by traffic, by volume. Um, so by converting the, the audio and putting it on YouTube, um, then we've also got all of those other breadcrumbs now in the second largest uh, search engine in, um, in the world. So really the podcast for you has been a content repurposing opportunity because you're able yes. to take something, produce it once, and, and then duplicate it in multiple formats and different platforms, which is brilliant. Thank you. Um, and then um, on, by this, uh, on the other side of that, I, uh, I also like being a, a guest on podcasts. So a second breadcrumb that I do is I try to, to get on um, other relevant podcasts. You know, if somebody is talking about parenting, then that's not something that's really going to do much for, for me. If somebody's talking about weight loss, that's definitely not something I can talk about. <laughs> <laughs> but if they're talking about, yeah, you know, writing or, or uh, publishing, or if they're talking about, um, you know, expert or content marketing or entrepreneurship or anything along those lines, any way that I, I can actually be helpful to their audience and their audience could potentially be helpful to me um, by going and being on their, on their podcast I'm, uh, you know, getting pushed out into the, into the devices and the, um, and the minds of, of, you know, hundreds or perhaps even thousands of people that I never would have, um, otherwise. And then again, for their podcast, I can promote it on through all of my social media channels and continually post it through all my social media channels so that even though it's not my content, I can still get the benefit, um, of, of that. And then get the benefit of them promoting it to uh, to their side, and then the SEO that comes from people, uh, you know, coming to my website cold or coming to my website through their through their website. So it, it sounds like you know, podcast, or, you know, it's it's one and the same, but these are actually two very different things: having your own versus being a guest on on somebody else's. Yeah, and if I may add, one of the you know, if you're, and we're going to talk about how to make the decisions to which breadcrumb tales would will be appropriate for you specifically. But uh, one of the, the the great things about um, if you don't have a podcast today, you could start by being a guest because that's an easy yeah. thing to do, right? Just find existing shows that have audiences that that kind of. Uh, uh, that are either purely your own audience as well, or many of your ideal prospects would be listeners. Um, so that's a great way to get started, get your feet wet, get used to just uh, doing podcasts, and then you could launch your own if you felt that was appropriate. Uh, many people do it the other way, where they just launch their own podcast, and then they try to be a guest on other podcasts. That's kind of what I did. Um, but one of the cool things about what you just said, though, I just want to reiterate this because this is huge. I always look for opportunities that give me the most opportunities, right? Because I'm That's trying, a great way to put it, yeah. Right? Um, and the, the podcast is one of those things that you create. You know, you could do one thing one time and you get all these uh, benefits out of it, you know, in terms of content repurposing. Um, so, and, and then here's something else I would add that, uh, podcast has two functions and many of these things that we're talking about have two functions. One is 
attracting people to you who would have never found out about you otherwise. And then number two, once they start checking you out, especially with a medium like a podcast, is you start building trust. So it's two, those are two separate things. It's, oh, uh, Derek Lewis, and suddenly they check out your website. Maybe they sign up for your newsletter. Uh, but then it's like listening to you. After three or four of those episodes, you start feeling like you know Derek Lewis. And with any high-ticket project like a book or anything that involves a great degree of risk, you know, you do white papers, you do branding strategy for companies, those are things where the prospect really needs to trust you before they hire you. And if they already come into the conversation when they first contact you, you've already built a lot of that trust with them. You can't buy that anywhere. You know, that's not something you earn overnight. So that is just something to keep in mind um, in terms of, you know, how these things work because there's that other value that we really didn't talk about here. Right. Anyway, I, I, I digress, my friend. Um, so. Well, but that, you know, it all folds in and, and, and works together. And a great marketing plan is one where one piece of it reinforces and supports um, all the all the other pieces of it. Absolutely. And so we're we're talking, you know, specifically really about a, a specific type of lead generation, but it fits within the broader um, marketing plan that you should have if if you want a consistent and, and sustainable source of, of of good leads. Well said. So what would be a, what's another breadcrumb trail that has worked well for you? We talked about SEO, which is kind of a breadcrumb trail, but your own podcast, being a guest on others' podcasts, what's another one? Um, I wrote my own book, right? The Business Book Bible, everything you need to know uh, to write a, a great business book. Um, so, and it is, so I did print on demand, which means that the, the digital files are sitting on uh Amazon's web servers, as well as Ingram, Sparks uh, web servers. Uh, you can go to Amazon and you can order a, a hard copy of, of the book, um, and it you know it, it they 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 print that one copy and then send it to you. So it doesn't have nearly the the quantity as you know a tweet or or a podcast or something like that, but it has a lot more weight. So whenever somebody goes to Amazon. And they, um, you know, they search for how can I write a, a business book. They'll come across my book, which is, a, you know, how to write a, a business book. And then whenever they, even if they don't order it, just them coming across it. Oh, well, who is this? Who is this Derek Lewis guy? Let me go. Wow, he actually um, helps people write write books, and he's got you know a couple of other resources on how to write business books. And I've got. Um, I get you know a sales report um, I don't know every month or every quarter or whatever, and and I mean there are people in in the UK and, and Germany buying my buying my my book from uh, from Amazon uh, UK. You wow. know people I will never you know I'll never meet unless they pick up the phone, and maybe a couple of the people that I, I talked to um, actually I know one of them did, so that. So I'm putting that book together. Uh, it's, it's a lot of work. Um, it doesn't have, like I said, uh, it, it doesn't have as much um, traffic. Um, I can't get as much traffic out of it as I could other places. But Ed, just um, the first client that I got um, from them finding my book and reading it and then reaching out and, and talking to me, more than paid for 
all the time and, and effort and money that I put into creating the the book. And because um, you know, I I do you know, pretty expensive projects, I only need you know, it, it would be wonderful if the book only turned up one or two uh, people a, a year for me, right? Because the, just one person, the first person more than paid for the, the book. So every other person that finds me because of my book is just uh, lanyap or, or gravy, as, uh, as some might say. I love it. And, and I think this has some of the elements that we just talked about, too. It's got the trust-building aspect of it because you start reading somebody's book – in the credibility you're building is they're reading your step-by-step instruction and advice. Um, you, you can't buy that kind of trust, right? And credibility. So that's, that's a, that's fantastic. Uh, and, and we, you know, we didn't even mention the, the, the search engine. Amazon is a great search engine, right? So yeah. somebody's looking to maybe write a book. Maybe you're capturing people who think they're going to do it on their own first. So where do they go? They go to Amazon how to write a, a business book, how to write a book. Suddenly you come up, they buy your book, so, and you start showing them what it takes, and they start realizing, you know what? I don't know if I really want to do this myself. <laughs> it is a lot of work. A lot of reframing that goes on, right? And, and, um, and it, Endless editing. Yes. Endless. No, but just reframing the way they're th- you know, some of your prospects think about this. Once, oh, once, yeah. It, and it's kind of indirect reframing, right? Thinking about and showing them what uh, all the moving parts and what you got to think about. And they start realizing, you know what? I thought this would be, you know, just sitting there and typing away. Eh, not quite. And it, we, we can all do this. I mean, so this is not, again, guys, think about, okay, well, I write white papers and case studies. How could you write a book that's geared towards a very specific audience? on something related to white papers or something related to case studies or something related to content marketing or lead generation or whatever it is you do, I would think backwards in terms of what kind of project would I want to get more of? What do I want to be known for? And then work backwards and figure out, okay, what kind of book would attract the right kind of prospect and enable me to maybe start a conversation with them? And, and before I even had a, a proper book, I had a shorter ebook that uh, that I released on all the, the ebook platforms. Um, how business authors work with ghostwriters. So uh, you know the title was pretty on the nose, um, and it was you know it's probably only I think eight thousand words. You know, so something pretty pretty short. So this doesn't have to be a huge production if you wanted to start with an ebook. It can. Yeah, in fact, that's probably the the best way to to start, um, so that you've got something that's shorter, something that's easier to put together, something that doesn't feel as daunting and, and overwhelming, and something that you don't have to put a whole lot of of um, of resources into, i.e., time and 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 money. So for me, um, whenever I got ready to to create my full length book. Um, I, I knew how to do it. It was, it was not something that was a daunting, overwhelming task for me. It was something that I could, um, I could put together and and something that I could afford to put together well, but if you can't afford to, you know, the time or the money to put together a a book, then do something smaller. If you can't even do an ebook, then do, you know, a smaller, uh, you know, an e-booklet do a smaller resource or a, you know, a really well-written PDF, you know, do something appropriate. And again, 
with uh, with it in mind that this is something that I can e- freely or cheaply and easily scatter um, as often and as far as possible. Love it, love it. Um, let's talk about one more. Do you have another one that um, that's worked really well for you? Um, Ed, I I hate writing blog posts. I hate blogs. I hate short form copy, which is why um, I got out of copywriting and, and went into into ghostwriting. And so, and for years, um, I, I I tried to make myself um, blog regularly because that's one of the tenets of online marketing. You have to have a blog. You have to blog regularly, and you have to post, and you have to do this, and you have to do that. Until finally, one day, I said, "You know what? I give myself permission to." hate blogging and to not do it anymore. So I stopped. I just stopped. Um, and instead, what I really like doing is getting in depth on uh, on a subject. So now instead of, of having a lot of short blog posts, I will only a few times a year, I will have a really long, it's like one web page, but it's super long and really in depth on one particular topic. And then I post that as a standalone web page that just kind of floats out there in, in cyberspace. And whenever people um, you know come across it and find it, they read it and they get some great value. And then they say, well, let me go to this guy's homepage. And then they click you know the home uh, icon and then they they're at they're at my, my website. So it's not um, it's not blogging. And it's not something that I do a lot of. Um, there's only a, a few, but it's something that I really enjoy doing. And there's one of them um, I did like this. And in fact, I just got, just today, I got a call from a theater in, um, is it Maryland or Minnesota? One of the in places. And they wanted to know if they could um, use some of that copy and credit me and put a link uh, back to my website from there. So this theater in, you know, somewhere up, up north is going to, they're doing something with, with ghostwriting and they're going to have copy on their webpage and they're going to have a link back to DerekLewis.com. <laughs> wow. How, how cool and how uh, offbeat is, is that? You know, so this is a whole um, market segment that I would never have been able to, uh, to, to get, but because I put good content out there, people want to reuse it and, and link back to me. And and that will happen, won't it? Uh, serendipitous mm-hmm. events like that. I just had someone from uh, GoToWebinar contact me, and in fact, it was such an incredible offer that I thought, let me make sure this is legit. Um, they apparently a webinar that I did recently. Uh, got a lot of, uh, not only did we get a ton of, of, of people attending and registrations, but it, I guess other metrics they look at in terms of engagement during the event. Anyway, it ended up being one of their top 100 marketing webinars uh, so wow. far this year, which is shocking to me. I thought, well, wait, I got this little, I got this little mic. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, so, so far it looks legit, right? But it's, um, I got this micro niche and I'm thinking, how could that be? Well, they, they want to publish it and feature it on this section of their website. And, you know, of course I said, uh, okay, <laughs> sure. Um, in publicity, yes. I'm yeah. Good. 
that is that is a total offbeat freakish thing which you know i don't know if it'll amount to anything but this is a big company saying we want to feature you know this is an example of a good webinar and you know maybe it will attract a, a handful of people over the next few months to my you know to my little world um, so this will happen i agree with you when you put out great content uh, out there. You never know how it's going to help you. One thing I'd like to do, Derek, is um, maybe link to a couple of those uh, articles on the show notes page for this episode. Sure. So I'll, I'll make sure to, to do that. Um, you know, that leads me to my, my last question, which is, these are all great ideas and there's all kinds of examples. And I think if you're listening, you by now kind of have a feel for what we're talking about. Maybe you're thinking, well, I don't like the idea of a podcast, but uh, Derek said he hated blogging. I actually like blogging. Um, you know, and I'd like to do that. How do you, how do you make the decision? How do you would advise people to, if they're not doing some of these things now, to start moving in this direction? Because it's, this can feel overwhelming. Wow, these are a lot of big things. So how do you make sure that you start taking the right steps and not give up because you're overwhelmed with this idea? Mm-hmm. Well, so that that's the exact word. If you are feeling overwhelmed, then you're then you're doing something something wrong. This is not something should be daunting. Should be something that that discourages you. Something that you have to motivate yourself to do. Again, breadcrumbs are something that should be easy to create and easy to scatter. So whenever I say you don't just mean time wise, I also mean like mental, mentally, or, or, you know, their energy budgets. There's some things that they may not take very long to do, but it's like pulling teeth. You take so much out and you, when you get finished, you feel exhausted. Then there are some activities that we do, Ed, and we can lose ourselves for hours doing these things. And whenever we get finished, we feel more energy before we sit down. I'm with you. Yeah, so it's got to be the kind of thing that if, if, if the, the cognitive load uh, that, that it requires is massive, maybe kind of go to the next idea, right, that feels a little bit more doable in terms of uh, mental energy. Yeah, it needs to be something that you like, something that you're comfortable with. So the, the very first step is to make sure that uh, you've got your niche down. So if you are – so for instance um, – Whenever I first, very, very first website that I had up, it was really just a, a blog. And even though I was a ghostwriter, for some reason, I loved, well, I mean, I love writing about entrepreneurship, but for some reason, that's what my blog was about, was about entrepreneurship and inspired entrepreneurship. Um, and I guess I was thinking that, you know, entrepreneurs would, would read the blog and then they'd like what they, the person behind what they read and said they want to reach out to me. Um, and it, it, you know, I, I did. I got a couple of people uh, off of it, but it, it wasn't targeted to somebody who's actually looking to ghostwrite a book on entrepreneurship. I didn't talk about ghostwriting or books, publishing or writing at all. I talked about just strictly entrepreneurship. So I didn't really have my niche identified and have in mind what would be valuable for them to read, for them to know, for them to to ingest. So number one, um, know who you want to find you so that you can put stuff out there that they can find and, and say, I would like to learn more because this person 
is talking about stuff I want to hear more about. Then second is I would just identify two to three media that you enjoy um, creating content in. Ideally, uh, one of them, at least one of them would be online, and ideally at least one of them would be offline. So offline in the real world would be speaking engagements or, or um, being in, in, uh, in a newspaper or writing a um, uh, my mentor's mentor always did a, a a column in the Costco uh, Trader magazine, uh, and she got I don't know how many leads that she got because people would shop at Costco and they would open the magazine, and uh, they and she did more I think like memoirs and that kind of stuff. So you know it's a much broader cross section. So it made sense for her to do Costco. Um. But something in the real world, right? Something not just digital. So everything we've talked about so far has really been um, uh, uh, digital breadcrumbs. But you need to have some offline breadcrumbs as, as well. So I've done like a couple of, lo- of local radio um, shows. I'll, I'll go into um, to a radio show and talk to, to somebody um, about you know ghostwriting and, and what it is. And that only hits a very local geographic market. But it's a, a tangible, it's it's the real world um, breadcrumb. Um, for me, I like talking to people and I also like talking. So uh, being having my own podcast and being on podcasts, that's natural for me. Um, I hate blogging, so I'm just, I'm not going to blog. Um, videos, you know, doing videos. I've, I've started trying to do some YouTube videos. It's something that I, I kind of enjoy, but I'm not really good at. So that's something that will become a good uh, breadcrumb for me in the future. But it's not really a good breadcrumb for me right now. It's a skill that I have to develop. So again, f- something that you like doing, something that is easy for you to do, something where you can create content um, quickly and, and easily and without a whole lot of, of, of energy. Um and then um, once you've identified that media, that, you know, the, the, the digital medium and, and the, the real world medium, then you need to think about, well, what kind of content uh, could, I, could I create? And it's really anything around the person that you're going after. So, for instance, if you are a mm, – give me somebody not a ghostwriter and give me like a, a, another kind of freelancer. That well, you, let's just say a uh, business-to-business copywriter, uh, right, for writing for uh, tech and financial services companies. Right. So, I mean, that's a huge field. I mean, you could write uh, – um, articles about tech and finance and tech communications and financial communications and, and what are the best ways, uh, you know, internal versus external. The the different topics that you could talk about or write about or vlog about or blog about are, are almost endless. And you can have a, a mix. You don't have to just talk about this is how to work with a B2B copywriter. You can talk about, um, you know, for people who are trying to be better at, at communicating. Anything, you, you look at your target market, you find who you're actually talking to, and then anything that would somehow help them um, do their job or their life or whatever it is they're, they're doing better. And then in addition to that, you can also talk. So for me, um, I talk about um, you know, business books, I talk about writing business books, I talk about publishing, I talk about 
uh, getting a literary agent. I talk about how to create manuscript proposals, but sometimes I also do, um, you know, business book reviews. So I'll write a review on um, a really great business book that I, I read. So that's not how do I find a ghostwriter. That's just this guy knows his stuff about business books. Where I was, you know, there was this one particular book I came across. And I really liked it, and I wanted to see if it was ghostwritten, and lo and behold, I came across Derek's page. He didn't ghostwrite it, and the book isn't ghostwritten, but because he put in this title of ghostwriter, he came to, to my page. Love it. Love it. So, yeah, it's it's the, that part. I mean, we could do a whole episode, right, on finding the right topics. I, I say do do that, right? It's what, what aspects yeah, of your work. Again. Uh, it should be things that you can easily talk about, things that you're comfortable talking about. Um, it could be stories and anecdotes about the, the time that you were working with the kid and this happened or, or you know, things or when you're thinking about working with a B2B copywriter or uh, here are the best um, sites to review B2B copywriters or anything along those lines. And you want to create a lot of it because with breadcrumbs, you're, you want them to be good quality breadcrumbs, but you're really going for quantity. I want a few places where I say that quantity is as important as quality. Because like for my book, you know, my book is a lot of time, you know, took a lot of investment, very high quality in terms of content and relevance and, and value. Um, but it's pretty limited on how far I can spread it. You know, unless I want to buy, um, you know, 10,000 copies and ship it to random people all over the, the, the world. Well, Derek, uh, this has been um, this has been very informative. I, I know this is something that uh, when I talk to writers and copywriters out there, you know, they, they, they many of them understand the value of doing this. But I think what you've done here is you've really explained um just in real terms, how this can impact your business, right? And in, in, in how this works uh, long-term to help generate uh, not just leads, but the right kind of leads who are at right. the right place in their, their buying journey, if you will, uh, to make what you do more fun and enjoyable. Because let's face it, we want to spend more time writing and, and doing the things we want to do in our personal life and less time selling less time trying to convince prospects to hire us and if you're doing this the right way what will happen is the the people who come to you will already be pre-sold to a certain extent before even have, having that first conversation with you yeah it's really nice ed that i i don't waste any time prospecting or or um you know knocking on doors or cold calling or warm emailing or anything like that I, I focus on creating content and finding different ways to scatter those those breadcrumbs um because and that, that's things that i know will absolutely have um an, an effect i'll get a return on investment out of that versus spending an hour or two hours cold calling and not come across a, a single a single potential lead now everybody can do attraction marketing ed because uh everybody has people who are looking for you. Derek, thank you very much for sharing these ideas with us. And before we wrap up, where can listeners learn more about you and your work? Uh, best place is uh, taking them home. DerekLewis.com, D-E-R-E-K-L-E-W-I-S. 
Wonderful. Well, thank you again, Derek. Always great to chat with you, my friend. You as well, Ed. I sincerely hope I've helped somebody today. The High Income Business Writing Podcast is a production of B2B Business Launcher. Learn more at b2blauncher.com.